Welcome to Well Played VHS, Well Played's film and TV show podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by James Wood. Howdy. Nathan Hennessy. Welcome back. And Radio Watson's Buddy Watson. Hello, one and all, for the final sad time. I know. This, this is, is truly the, the last of us. A, a. We are here discussing HBO's The Last of Us TV show, the final episode, episode nine. It's been a pleasure to have you with us in these past nine to ten weeks, if you include the review week. Let's get stuck straight into it. Uh, short and sharp, just like the finale itself. Buddy, what, what did you make of the final episode of season one of The Last of Us starring Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey? I forgot who else I can mention. Go for it. That's fine. Uh, I really enjoyed it um, as a like a individual kind of bookend on, on the series. But I guess the, that pacing issue that we've all been talking about, um, the lead up didn't feel as like satisfying. So as, as an individual thing that compares to the game and the, the effect with the ending, everything, loved all of that. The only thing I didn't kind of like in it is maybe the whole Joel suicide story thing, which isn't in the game. And in that moment... Uh, Ellie actually kind of hands him a photo of him and Sarah, which I think had like maybe a little bit more emotional impact. And the other criticism that I had, even though I really loved it and enjoyed it, um, was how long it, uh, and this might be like a platform thing and more of a, a, a streaming thing, but um, as soon as the ending happened, there was like an okay and it doesn't let you sit with the credits kind of like the game does because it's a streaming service. So it immediately throws it up to the left corner and like, what's next preview. And I'm like, Oh, you just needed to hold us a little bit longer. Um, if this was kind of a, but that's probably like a platform wise, but as an episode, I really enjoyed it. I think it capstoned it quite well. And, um, for everyone that's playing at home, I know Nathan, you've been enjoying what Kim has been saying. So quickly wrap that up. Um, she thought it was awesome. She thought it was, well, wow, that was super quick. That happened all very quick. Uh, and then the ending, she was like, is that it? Is that all? And I'm like, yes, that happens in the game. He's like, are you kidding me? And then she kind of, I, I think we looped around to like whether she didn't like it as ending more to like, fuck, I hate Joel. Joel's a fuckhead. And you could see that when he he was plowing down people uh, in that kind of montage to the hospital. He, she's like, holy fuck, Joel, what the fuck? So um, I, I'd love to hear, I can't wait to hear about James and that violent Joel that we all come to love and love and know in, in the games and, and whether that lived up to the expectation or that moment. But um, it definitely got Kim into that like, holy shit, Joel was just... Uh, at one point, she's like, "He's a machine," and I'm like, "And I'm like picturing the Terminator through the uh, the cop station <laughs> type montage." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, he he he's kind of a, a machine." So, um, yeah, I think we'll yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about Joel's Joel's actions, I guess, yeah, a bit a bit later in in this episode. But Nathan, what did you uh, think of the final ep? Yeah, I th- actually, I thought it was quite fantastic. Uh, so I again. As I say, week in, week out, I have the benefit of pretty much playing along with the events each week. So uh, in the week that has been, I have hit the credits on The Last of Us Part 1 as well as the Left Behind. And uh, pretty much where I'd left off previously in the week prior was effectively the entire scope of this episode. So uh, as, as Buddy had mentioned, a consideration perhaps concern that we'd had is that this might get wrapped up quite quick. And I've kind of changed my mind on that before watching the episode because I actually found that this last act of the game wraps up quite quick in terms of the game itself. So I actually didn't feel like the episode had missed anything uh, and and indeed in some instances found it more impactful, uh, particularly with a performance that we see at the end there from the uh, Marlene's actress. I want to say she did a tip-top job, but we'll circle back around to that. A little highlight for myself. Nice. James, uh, what did you make of the final episode? It was good. It's a good good ending. Um, Tight little 43-odd minutes of of television. I think this one has probably the best pacing of any of the episodes um even with some of the the clunkier sort of dialogue stuff in the middle um i don't know i kind of maintain that like i I think when we talked about the um uh the cannibalism cult stuff that like for me the best moments of the show are just the moments from the games recreated um and that's you know like the you know buddy you said before about like that kind of hard cut at the end there when she says okay and it's like i felt something it's like yeah because 
it, it's good, but it was really good in the game. And here it's just the same thing again. Um, and I mean like one for one, the same thing again. Um, and so I kind of, I don't know, I just come away from it being like, yeah, I had, a, I had a good time with this episode, but again, like why was this adapted? I think, I think the power of that is once again, the streaming platform that throws it up into the left and 15 seconds until your next ad. So there's yeah, a little bit of that, right. but then like the um the agency that we've had actually playing the game and being along for that journey mm. and the environmental storytelling that the show uh, maybe hasn't been able to tell or maybe we've just been greedy because we know how good it can be or how good it is versus kind of what we got and it's more so the pacing like beforehand they're kind of like oh shit that happened quickly up to here like the episode i think is fantastic it's just like how we got here it would have been and we could have been maybe wind and dine a little bit more better I, I think it was a tiny little bit short and a little bit rushed for me. I would have liked to have seen maybe a tiny little bit more uh, of like maybe some clickers or whatnot uh, infected uh, maybe at the start because um, you kind of haven't seen like you do have that moment at the end of last of the last episode where they uh, Bella and sorry, well Bella and Pedro have that embrace and you know they're they're like their bond is obviously quite strong now but as we kind of mentioned last week we hadn't seen them for two episodes nearly so i don't know it was just very quick to for joel to be making the decisions that he's making um because i feel like the last time we saw joel aside from the end of that of last episode he wasn't at that point you know what i mean it's, he, it's he's kind of gone from zero to 100 in the space of three minutes of TV kind of thing. So um, that's the only kind of part where I feel like maybe if there was a moment, I, I can't recall exactly what happens before they get to Seattle, no, sorry, not Seattle, um, Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. City. Um, if there's a moment, if there's a altercation with any infected. They, it's, it's, the bloaters, know, it's the bloaters underneath the, um, yeah, the I, underpass. I thought, yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so, so something like, like that that puts Ellie's, life in danger a little bit and and that and that's when Joel kind of realizes that he can't lose another daughter kind of thing and yeah that's probably the only downside and I, I felt that more again today um and maybe that comes from you know having played played the game so I kind of know what it means to this character and why they've made these choices but in the tv show I just kind of think it's very rushed and just yep he now wants to fuck the world and it's all about him kind of thing, but um, good episode though. I liked it. Before we so, jump into like um, step-by-step right now, I just want to say I feel like the score in this episode particular um, helped carry carry it more so than the others. Maybe it's because it was a shorter thing, but just when they used it, I thought it was like more impactful than maybe what it had previously done. Agreed. It's, it's a good score. From big old Gustavo and whoever else has helped on the uh, TV show, but if there even is anybody else, or if they just use the game score, do we know that? Nobody. All right. Um, so this is the opening part of this ep- episode. Is what I was. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Is what what I was. Uh, word. What's the word? Alluding to last week, where in the trailers we get a glimpse of Ashley Johnson in this series and I was thinking this when I was watching I was like hmm it's episode eight we still haven't seen this Ashley Johnson's character what's you know how's this all gonna um you know how's this gonna play a part of it because I think it you kind of get the idea from the trailer that she's Ellie's mum I think from memory do we we get that is that you might get a glimpse of her as like being pregnant and you know there's there's not very many other people she probably could be yeah um so I actually quite liked how they did this and how they kind of gave a little bit of backstory to Ellie's infection and, well, immunity probably. Uh, yeah, so we start off and Ashley Johnson's, uh, I think, in like some woods and stuff like that and she's running uh, quite scared. Um, I don't think we know that she's running from infected at this point, but she yeah, she's she's running away from... off in the distance. Oh, you can? Sounds yeah, vaguely okay. infected-y, yeah. Um, I will just for just for context, I had a, a robot vacuum uh, vacuum in the house <laughs> at this point, so I kind of might have missed some little subtle background noises there. But um, <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so, so she, she's running through the forest, yeah, chased by a 
clicker that's screaming. It's in James's notes here. I should have just read the first sentence. Shout outs to me. Uh, yeah, so she, then she, she comes up to like a farmhouse uh, and kind of barricades herself inside. And she's clearly very, very close to um, giving birth because I think her water breaks as she goes upstairs or as she goes mm-hmm. into in this room and she kind of leans a chair against the door and she sit, sits down trembling, terrified, and and then you then you definitely hear the screams in the in the background and someone running inside the house, uh, and then hammering on on the door and she pull, pulls out the pocket knife which I thought was a very very nice touch, um, which you know circles back to it, uh, Ellie's knife that she kind of has in the second or first step I, can't, I think it's the first step anyway, her first or second step, but um, yeah she calls out for help no one's there, and this infected all this clicker breaks in and. Uh, while she kills it, she clearly she. Oh no, sorry, she gives. So they, birth the, first? the like infected woman like breaks into the room and they have a bit of a, a tussle. And um, Anna is the character's name. She ends up like stabbing her a few times, and then that's when she realizes. I think first she realizes she's given birth. Which yeah. I remember when we talked about the, um, I think it was in the Left Behind episode, we talked about the idea that like in zombie media, you know, they always have these fights and then suddenly at the end they're like, oh, I've been bitten. You're like, how did you not notice you've been bitten? How did you not notice you gave birth? Like, um, <laughs> I think it's like the, the ultimate end game of, of what we talked about there. Um, but yeah, either way, then she notices she's got the uh, the bite on her thigh. Um, but it's before she cuts the umbilical cord she notices that. Right, yes. Okay, yeah. So that's the part I could, yeah. So, yeah, so she's obviously given birth and the zombie's dead. Uh, there's clearly an issue now because what does that mean for the baby? I don't know. We, we all then find out. One thing I did quite like here, and maybe this is because it wasn't in like a doctor's room or anything like that, but in movies, babies are always just so clean, so pristine when they first come out of the uh, woman. Canal. And... Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> This one is not. This one's, you know, it's a bit dirty. So props to the uh, set dressing people there. Um, dirty baby. Yeah. So yeah. So she's she's had a baby, and then like uh, later that night, Marlene and some of the fireflies are approaching the farmhouse. I think they're searching for um, for Anna, and they and they find her upstairs in this room. She's obviously crying and going through the process of of turning. Um, Anna and Marlene kind of have this interaction where Anna gets uh, Anna makes Marlene promise to to take her child, whose name is Ellie, as you may have guessed, um, and look after it, and you know take us somewhere safe and and do all that sort of stuff, uh, and then also but but kill her, uh, and Marlene's like, nah, not doing it, can't do it. And then, you know, how long have we known each other? You know, forever. <laughs> is that TV uh, script? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. Um, so you, you've definitely got me there. So uh, yeah, she, she she takes the baby. Uh, and um, I, this is actually one bit that I was like, are they going to do this or are they not going to do this part? Um, but when Marlene has the baby, takes it out to the, to the other firefly and then she kind of stands there. And she goes, cover the baby's ears or cover her ears. I was like, are they going to go and shoot this person without covering the baby's ears? Surely that's – but they did. Um, just you know, a little touch of realism that this show needed there. Um, but also, uh, yeah, I, so- I love the way that Marlene just like stomps back into that room and immediately pulls out a gun and does it. Like the idea that like she yeah. can't sit with that moment at all. Like it has to yeah. – like if you look at that person for too long, you're not going to be able to pull the trigger, right? Like yeah. if that's your, your best friend kind of thing. Um, yeah. It was a, a nice character moment. Yeah, and then uh, we kind of cut to the future, or sorry, the uh, present day, I believe, um, with Ellie and Joel walking on like a highway just on the outskirts of uh, Salt Lake City. Joel's fucking going through some, some cars and stuff, finding some good old ravioli, I think it is. I can't remember what the brand is called again. Chef but, um, Boyday, official sponsor yeah. of WrestleMania X7, 2001. <laughs> uh, how did how did the WrestleMania happen? Wait, when when did the apocalypse go down in Last of Us? Come on, two thousand two thousand three, three. Yeah, okay, two uh, years after okay. nine eleven. Okay, so 
WrestleMania, that one would have happened. That one happened, yeah. Oh, okay. Just checking. Um, forgot where I was up to. Yeah, so she, she, he, he, he gets the counter pass there, shows it to, to Ellie, and Ellie couldn't really care. Uh, so the, clearly something is, is up with Ellie. Uh, and, and this is kind of what I mean by there's kind of no context. And I, I, and I know that you can assume why this is, uh, why, why she feels this way, but I guess there's just kind of nothing that leads up to this uh, behavior change from, from Ellie, from, from, from where we left off, you know what I mean? Like, you know, one minute she was hammering David's face in, and the next minute she doesn't want to eat canned ravioli. Uh, For context, then, yeah. the game does effectively follow the same chain of events. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. She basically goes from the encounter with David to basically, effectively their next conversation in the game being, hey, I've found this thing, and she's mentally 100 miles away. And the implication is she's shook. Hmm. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so they're, and they're walking through this thing, and Joel talks about finding. I get to, uh, no, sorry, he actually finds a board game first called Boggle. Boggle, you are correct for the for the board game fans on here. Uh, Nathan, <laughs> what do you, uh, have you have you played some Boggle? I don't think I've ever played Boggle. Have you? I've not. No, I've not. It's it's but it's like a household name though, right? Like that's ubiquitous. We all know Boggle by name. It's yeah. a it's a word Maybe. game like Scrabble, right? It's it's not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> we don't, we don't do I've words never here. Never heard of it. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then, and then he finds a guitar, <clears> but it's broken. Uh, and then he kind of talks about wanting to try and find a find a one that's not broken, so he can kind of play again and, and teach Ellie. But again, Ellie's not really engaging, and Joel has yeah, he's definitely picked up these cues that um, something's not not right. Then they go through uh, this construction site of sorts uh and i i do like the line here from joel that he kind of talks about um you know they bombed the city but the one place that, that they were trying to demolish they missed or something to like mm. to like that that, that effect i just it's thought that was, yeah uh but again ellie is nowhere to be found mentally she, you know physically she's there but um and then and then we we get to one of the coolest moments uh, one of the most I- iconic moments from from the game, and definitely very very cool in the in the TV show. Definitely very different to the last time we saw it, James. <laughs> yes, um, but no less impactful. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we then get the giraffe scene. So this is when Ellie runs upstairs, and actually, the moment before this, I do. This is a little call out to the to the games here when they talk about I'll boost you up, and you can grab the ladder and and drop it down. Nice little, you know. They don't overuse it throughout the the show like they kind of do throughout the game, but you know, just that little call out um, to kind of the video game explanation there was was nice. And then yeah, Bella, uh, Ella, Ella, Bella, Ellie takes off and uh, runs after the because she obviously sees something. Joel's worried, uh, and then yeah, it's it's the giraffe which was quite nice. So when James and I first saw this scene, I don't know if we've said this, we probably haven't because it's a spoiler, but this um, this scene was not finished, so none of the CGI had been done. So it was literally Bella, Pedro, and a giraffe in a big blue room. Yeah, just a big old really? blue room That's with a bunch of so empty like blue boxes around them, and that was it. Everything you yeah. see here, other than the giraffe, is like built basically. Um, yeah. Which so I mean I think you can tell a little bit, but I'm so glad the giraffe is real. If anything in this scene was going to be real, I'm glad it was the animal. <laughs> Hundred uh, percent. But I, as I was telling James, and this might have been off camera or off uh, podcast, um, but just the level of emotion that both actors are able to convey and portray in a blue room mm-hmm. is—it just makes you appreciate the work that actors and actresses and creators and whatnot they mm-hmm. do. Because, yeah, it it, it it has that impact from the game. It does. And I do I think that's it. what happens when you, you give actors more and like, it's ironic, right? Cause we would talk about them being in a blue room where it's all fake and they don't have anything to bounce off of. But instead of like the rest of the show where like 
they're bouncing off of like a CGI horde in the distance, right? This time they've got an actual real life animal in front of them they can interact with. And I think you definitely see in Bella Ramsey's performance that like they are basically like, they revert to like a childlike state in this moment. Like it's all massive toothy grins and stuff. I I think it's very, very sweet. I mean, I would love to be hand feeding a giraffe. So truly. I know. Uh, Any thoughts on the giraffe scene from anybody else? They nailed it. Yeah, that's what I expected. So yep. I was happy. Cool. Agreed. Uh, yeah, but a lot of the CGI in this actual episode was, yeah, was actually not complete and not like CGI in terms of enemies or whatnot because I don't, actually don't think there are any infected but like um, the sets and stuff. There was lots of walking through sets with like blue walls and mm. and stuff. And stuff like that. So it was, it was actually on what you know. While it wasn't complete, it was actually quite cool and interesting to kind of see how what they kind of work with um, when they're when they're making it. So yeah, we have the draft scene. It's pretty cool. And then they talk about um, what do they talk about? Where are we? I've lost the spot where we're up to. Uh, so yeah, sorry, yeah. So then they watch uh, the animals sort of walk off into the distance and just sort of discuss the dangers of the world here. Uh, and then this is when Joel kind of puts it, this is when you first kind of get uh, the notion that Joel doesn't want to go, doesn't want Elliot to kind of go through with this and he, and he puts it towards her saying that, you know, she doesn't have to have to go through with it. They can just go back to Tommy's and forget about all of it and live their life. Um, and Ellie's just like, you know, that's not the right thing to do. You know, that the right thing to do is to go through with it you know, and help help people, you know, help try and make this world a better place. And um, mm. It's an interesting so, uh, conversation because to me it feels like it's written as if these characters understand explicitly what's about to happen to them as opposed to implicitly. Um, but, but I do appreciate his framing of, you know, everywhere we've gone, we've run into bad things. And if we mm. run into another bad thing here, we could simply just stop. We could just not do the next episode of The Last of Us, basically. Um, yeah. And I, I do think that it makes sense that that's what his character would be asking of her in this moment. But I really love that um, Ellie gets a definitive, like, no, man, like, this is what we're here for. We're doing this. Yeah. Um, and I do like the, the little bit afterwards where um, – she says that, you know, once we're done here, because, you know, she obviously doesn't have an understanding of what's coming, uh, you know, they can do whatever he wants, um, you know, which is quite nice. They then go into the actual city itself and there's some tents and stuff and then we have this uh, this moment where they want to, Joel wants some some sh- shitty puns as he puts it and there's a, there's a couple of decent ones, I think. Uh, there is... A pretty serious conversation before we get to the shitty puns. Oh, if you wanted to jump awesome. back a little bit, it's oh the, sorry, the, sorry. What body was? I must have jumped earlier. ahead. Oh right, sorry, sorry. I did. I uh, jumped ahead. Please Fine. take it away. Buddy, would you Go like to do that. the honors? Oh, it's basically um, earlier in the series. Joel had alluded that um, he's got this mark on his forehead that someone shot and, and missed him, um, and then he's obviously got to a point now where he can sit down and reveal to Ellie that no, it wasn't someone that shot him, and that it was actually him trying to kill himself. I think it was like two days or after Sarah's death, and that he kind of flinched and and missed and um, was mm-hmm. kind of like going to go to throw it all away. And this isn't in the game. From memory, I think no, no, it's not. It's it's the photograph that happens where um, back at, at I think Jacksonville or, or Tommy's compound or somewhere there, um, when Ellie first finds out about Sarah, he sees a photo of Sarah and Joel, and he takes that with him, uh, with her, sorry. And then this is the moment where he kind of like she kind of gives it to him as like this kind of memento. Um, so I, I feel like I don't know. I, I don't really like that. It's good that Joel was opening up in this portion of it in, in the TV show, but I feel like we've had moments like that in episode six where they've strengthened their bond um, and Joel's actually had his vulnerable moments. But I feel like Ellie doing something for Joel, it just had that little bit more impact in it. So I kind of like was a bit scratching my head at this moment, like, eh. I don't know how everyone else felt. I, I don't think it strikes me as the Joel that we know. <clears throat> I can I know I know that he's been down to the lowest of lows, but I don't know. I mean, 
to me, Joel is the person I think would go through with it. Right. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. I don't think he'd be the kind of person to make that and then just kind of walk away from that and just, I don't know, because it, it just, I kind of get the vibe that he was rock bottom, life was over. So why did he flinch? Like, like, like that's, that's the question that I'm asking. You know, what made him flinch? Because if you, if, you, if you listen to what he says, it's been nothing for fucking 20 years basically until now, which is, you know, then he brings up that Ellie has kind of saved him. Uh, I don't know how I missed this this whole paragraph, by the way. So my apologies. It's weird knowing what's happening too. He's like, you know, um, got to move on from our past. So some some weird line that he says, but like he says, you know, you're you know, basically effectively that you're the reason, not that, you know, you just move on. It was like, you're the reason. And knowing what's happening and how, how Joel is as a character in the games, it's like that line is almost creepy. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. this guy is almost... I, I agree. This is kind of like Obsessive. a compliment I actually want to give to this particular sort of like last portion of the show here. And I think a lot of it comes down to um, Bella's performance of, of Ellie and the characterization they go with here. Because, you know, when he get, has that big moment of, you know, pretty explicitly telling her to her face, you are the reason that I have decided that life is worth living and I can be happy again. She isn't elated. She's not happy about this news, right? No. Like I think that like this is Ellie – kind of fully processing the damage that Joel is and and what now the role that she's playing in sort of his like complexes, right? And I think that if we'd had a little bit more of that throughout the series, I would have been much happier getting to this ending because I do see flashes in this episode of very good characterization. And we get it obviously again at the at the end. Um, but you're right. I, I think that I don't know how you come away from this episode it's not quite the ending I wanted us to get to with Joel in terms of general audiences and maybe like convincing them that he is the monster that he is. But I think you're right. Like the little tremors of creepy, are a very interesting touch. And I feel like you still get that with the photograph and that she has that awesome line about like, or well, Joel has that awesome line in the moment um, about like, I guess you can't run away from your past or something like that, which, you know, is, is important in the last of us franchise where, where it mm. moves on to. So um, yeah, I like the creepy part, but it just felt weird with it being the whole suicide aversion accidentally type thing. Well, it's like the sexual assault stuff, right? Where it's like everything they do in this show has to be like a one-up of what mm. the game was doing. The so like, value, you know, yeah. well, what's the next best thing they can do in terms of like tragedy after like a, a sad photo? Oh, he tried to kill himself. You know, like it just feels like they're always... It's HBO, you got to tick that elevated, elevated it, box, exactly. you know? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get the impression that this moment, if we're still talking about the, you know, the implied or suicide, it's not probably going to be a conversation that sticks with audiences. Like by the time mm. I'd finished the episode, I'd kind of already vacated that part of my brain. Like I knew we were going to talk about it, but does it have the impact it was supposed to have? Are folks going to remember this into season two? It was kind of a little bit throwaway, which is a bit of a shame considering, you know, the just how important something like that could or should be. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I, yeah, that's probably a better way of putting it like, than maybe I did, but like what Joel goes on to do is more of a talking, like this just, just feels like it doesn't add anything and, you know, in 10 minutes later you've already forgotten about it kind Correct. of. Correct. So, uh, yeah, and then, and then we get the puns and they're great, uh, but then they get jumped by the fireflies uh, and then this is yeah. Pretty much, we then fast forward to the to the last portion of the game, and Joel wakes up in a hospital room, and Marlene is there, and they just she just kind of explains how what an amazing job Joel has done. You know how do you, how do you make it across the country with just he and and Deli? Uh, because you know she had five or, yeah, or six fireflies with her, or yeah. guards or something, um, and you know they you know she nearly didn't make it so you know uh i think joel gives all the praise to uh to ellie top bloke um doesn't want the credit for himself uh but yeah and then um joel's just kind of like you know how is she i want to see her and that, that that's when uh marlene gives him the news that she's in for surgery and he's like what surgery and then, and then, and then they talk about the whole cordyceps and what what the doctor believes he can do um, by extracting uh, the something, 
I can't remember the exact thing, it's but it's like the brain chemical that she's producing yeah. that essentially makes the cordyceps recognize her as a cordyceps already. So they don't attack. I think, well, yeah. I don't know if that fully makes sense given that they still attack her in the whatever it doesn't matter. It, yeah, I, I had the exact same, you know, bit of cognitive mis- Doesn't attack her virally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got the impression they were talking about the body. Mm. Um, yeah. Right, as opposed in, in to turn. because because that would make zero sense because obviously yes. uh, she does get attacked. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then obviously Joel, he is not happy. He is not a happy camper, mate. Um, the this really subtle way that Marlene distances herself from him by a few steps uh, once he's like, what surgery? Great little mm. physical acting moment. So good. Um, mm. Yeah. And there's a really cool line, and I don't know if this is in the game. Uh, Nathan's just dropped out, so I'll we'll check back when he comes back. But when she says, you are the one man that I didn't want to be in debt to, mm-hmm. um, and here we are kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's like a little line that lets viewers know that Joel is not a good person. Um, you know, he has a reputation. Mm-hmm. Well, they're about to find out. Yeah, <laughs> they, are, they are about to find out. It's uh, one of those things, I guess while we wait for Nathan to come back, I can riff for a minute, but like if Marlene had just let him see Ellie before going in, would Ellie have been able to convince him Hey, no, this is this is what I want, and you need to stand down. Um, you know, like just one of those things where it's like the choices these people are making in these moments that kind of like domino into what we end up getting. I always thought it was a bit weird because I can't remember if Marlene has the conversation with him in the game, but I know that you wake up and kind of you find that collectible that is the recording about Marlene not wanting Joel to die because um, he mm. doesn't he doesn't deserve it, and like Marlene sparing him obviously comes back to bite her in the ass. Um, right. But yeah. In the game, I feel like it's more explicitly like this is happening. Joel wakes up as it's kind of happening. Oh, like, oh, fuck, stop it. Whereas mm-hmm. here, there is that moment of like, maybe if there's just a little bit more communication, we talk things out, yeah. we be more, have more empathy towards the situation, we might mm-hmm. get a, a better result. But I guess in that moment, Marlene already knows what type of person Joel is and then that's not going to yeah. fly no matter what. So it was, ne- it was never going to be that kind of why you get that step back mm-hmm. moment or I didn't want to be in debt with you. I'm surprised yeah. she even lets him go. I guess that's kind of like a. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's a, there's another moment <clears> we'll <throat> get to at the end there with, with Marlene and Joel, but like she gives him so many opportunities at the, the right path you know, essentially to do the right thing. Um, yeah. And I do think that plays into again, the way that the show even subconsciously treats Joel, right, is is just very different. Like, I feel like the kind of character that Marlene is, the kind of no-nonsense person that she is, I understand giving him, like, one chance to kind of walk away from all of this, but, like, the scene in the garage at the end, the whole, like, you can still put things right. Um, I don't know. There's some subtly interacting that suggests, like, she might just be trying to, like, manipulate him or, or whatever. Um, but still, yeah, it's... Pe- people like Joel in this world. <laughs> And it comes down to the like, start of the episode. When the start of the episode happens, Ashley Johnson, she's the pregnant scene. I'm kind of like, okay, cool, Ashley Johnson. I'm already aware it's probably a fault of my own, knowing how short the episode is. Like, oh, why are we starting with this? Um, we didn't get this in the game. How does this add anything outside of knowing that this is Ellie's mother? But then we get the decisions from Marlene later on when she's speaking to Joel and then mm-hmm. in the garage when she's speaking to Joel. Then it makes more sense. She can identify with Joel that, like, I know what this pain is. I made this promise. I killed my best friend. Like I sacrificed someone. This has to be for the greater good. I know people lose people. We've both been there. So um, mm-hmm. by the end of the episode, I'm like, okay, that first part of the episode with the the pregnancy, the birth, everything, I'm like, okay, this makes way more sense now, Giving Mar- like seeing Marlene's version of the world and what she's been through to get to this point. Um, and then her conveying what she's conveying to Joel in both those mm-hmm. scenes. It's like, okay, this makes a lot more sense now. And Joel's just like... No, 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 you know, he's, he's not budging. Yeah. Don't exactly. care, mate. It's the same with, he's um, 20 cents, call someone who cares. Yes. Kind of <laughs> it's the same with uh, Maria, right? Where it's like, you've got another character who's effectively Joel on a different path, like explicitly saying like, no, of everyone in the world, I expressly understand your particular bullshit, man. I'm just choosing to be better than you. Um, and you know, who doesn't end well. Um, I just want to quickly jump back because I forgot about this moment, but uh, there's a moment I think when they're talking in the suicidal uh, sequence and Ellie actually reveals to Joel that she killed Riley. 
Um, mm. Yeah, which is, I don't, I don't say like a nice moment, but, you know, that's uh, her opening up. Anyway, fast forward back. But um, Joel's kind of like, you know, this is why, you know, you don't know what this means to me. You know, this is, you know, and then that's when Marlene is kind of like, well, I do actually. I was there when she was born, Joel. Like, take that. How are you going to one-up that bitch? Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, she's just like, you know, I promised her mother that I would take care of her kind of thing. Um, and again, like Joel just doesn't care. Like it's uh, – and then, you know, so then Marlene's like, yep, take him out to the highway with a backpack and let him go. And once if again, it's it, – sorry, once again, it's not having the agency to play that. So to convey that in TV form, they show you the flashback. It's almost like he, it's no power in her just saying it, right? Yeah. You have to show up beforehand. Um, Sorry. No, you're right. Uh, yes, and then, yeah, you know, if he does anything or if he tries anything, shoot him. Yeah, they're walking down the stairs. Of course, Joel, you know, finds his moment, shoots them both. What do you do? And then he goes, I, I, I do quite like that he just, the, the switch is flicked. Like it is just like. Nah, this is happening. I'm gonna do it this way. When he's like, "Where is she?" and he, and he's like, "Fuck you, man," or whatever the guy says. And he's like, "I don't have time for this." And just mm-hmm. fucking pops him. Uh, and then we get to this, yeah, that 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 little murder montage that he uh, goes on. Um, and then it's yeah, then it's the whew, the big moment. He uh, he goes into the operating room, and uh, this is a great scene. I, I think uh, it just. And it's not the like it's not the who he kills. It's just the how that he kills it. Like I know, like I love that the doctor grabs the scalpel and goes, "I'm not going to let you take it." He's just like, "Fuck you, bang!" Mm-hmm. D- like d- d- didn't even think about it. Uh, like no, like no second guessing. And uh, then oh, let me jump in on that one. So that that also is framed pretty much one to one for the game yeah, as well, which I thought game, was super neat. Yeah. In the game, though, although you do walk in that room with gun poised, I did pistol whip the motherfucker. So you know they did oh, not for the brutal route. Yeah. Oh, nah. Soft. I think I, I, think I shot him. i got to save my bullets, man. Come on. Yeah. But I, I kind of imagined that they would do a... And look, we're not going to spoil any potential part two, season two situations here, but, like, I did imagine that there would be more of a, like, uh, kind of mm. uh, stuff here, but... Are um, we talking... Uh, home improvement. Are we talking the actor? Not the actor, just the, the, the scene in general and sort of right, what okay, it's okay, kicking okay, off, okay. you know. Because um, I can't remember that guy's face. No. I mean, that's. Matter, but. No, but I thought that. We'll leave it. We'll, yeah. we'll leave it there. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I just thought that that person might be a little bit more recognizable. I think um, Kim's right. melting down at this point because of Joel's just like straight up like destroying people, like killing people that are surrendering to him, like you said in your notes here. Um, straight yep. up head, like headshot. Yeah, like, Kim, like I, I'm seeing Kim flip the switch next to me <laughs> as well. Like Joel, what the fuck? Yeah, well, he literally straight up murders. You know, the probably one one of the biggest hope that humanity um, mm-hmm. has for, like you know, finding a cure. Like, I you know, nice little Joel. He you know, he makes the he makes the nurses turn around and not watch. While he picks her up and leaves, that's you know. I didn't fully he's understand not why all, he left them alive. Uh, Same. I'm bad. like, slay them, Joel. Slay them. <laughs> Go full hill turn. Work. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, James. Uh, yeah, that didn't. Yeah, it doesn't line up with the actions that have occurred right before that. I get it. Yeah. You know, he probably probably doesn't want to. But again, that's the show. Not wanting Joel to be. The complete monster that exactly. he is. Yeah. When does he the shoot nurses, them in they the game. I don't uh, you does, you have yeah. the option, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You right. do. Yeah. So yeah. you can. Yeah. Just you have to kill the doctor or subdue him, like Nathan did. Um. Everyone else, you can kind of leave. Got it. Nathan, if you want. did you shoot the nurses? No. Um, I, I mean, I look. I was, you know, you play on the hardest difficulty. You don't want to shoot anyone if you can avoid it. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> but. But when you're at that moment, you know, surely you know, you know, you got to calculate a guess at how many bullets. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So he grabs grabs Ellie and 
goes downstairs to the garage and spots a free car. But then Marlene, ho ho, behind the behind the pole. Um, I mean, why, like, why was she not upstairs in the operating room? Who knows? But you know, she was downstairs in the garage, waiting, waiting. She's having a smoke, Joel. mate. That's it, mate. Um, like she didn't set off the uh, fire alarm, mate. Anyway, so she steps out and you know basically says, you know. You're not um, like you're not going to save her. Is that what she says, or something like that? Like, yeah, essentially know. posits that like, hey, like you can get her out of here today, but eventually something in this world will kill her. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like how long until she gets uh, torn apart by mm-hmm. infected or you know killed by raiders? Um, you know, she's going to grow up. You know, and then you're going to die. Um, kind of thing and, and and that's when she says you know you can still do the right thing uh and i feel like this is a well acted and this this might be uh one for one from the game nathan will uh confirm this but um when he kind of looks down and i feel like if you haven't played the game if you're watching this at home you're you're thinking that this is where joel will probably make the u-turn perhaps um because you know surely surely he doesn't fucking fuck the world over but then he just he smokes her uh right from under the thing you know because you know she she puts her weapon down and um you gotta wonder why marlene doesn't maybe just shoot him in the leg or something Um, yeah even something just a pinky um but uh yeah bang and then you kind of but you don't see it like you know you all all you hear is a gunshot and then you cut to the to to Joel in the car. He's kind of got a little morsel of a tear in his eye. His eyes a bit, you know, it's watering. Someone's been cutting onions. He looks uh, pretty he, fucked up. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you don't, you know, again, you don't kind of see see Ellie. So I guess if you haven't played the game, you, you're kind of wondering what happened. You know, did or didn't he? Um, and then, yeah, Ellie kind of wakes up and says, like, what happened? And Joel says, you know, you know, there's more of you. There's dozens. Uh, they couldn't find a cure. Given up. Um, and then the hotel, sorry, not the, the hotel, um, the hospital was attacked by, by raiders because Ellie asked where her clothes were. Um, and then she kind of asks, was anyone hurt? He's like, yep. And he asked about Marley, and I think that's that's when we get the flashback, or you know, or we cut back to where he actually does shoot her. And I, yeah, and this is from the game, isn't it? This the next bit, yeah. Um, it's still pretty one for one for the most part. Yeah. So you know, she's on the ground. I think is she asking or begging not not to not not begging, but pleading mm. not to die. And he's like, "No, I can't do that because you'll just come after her." And then he just yep. guns her down. Yep. From the game. Catch you later. Um, yeah, and then they kind of uh, fast forward a few hours or however long it is, a few days, and they're kind of the car's out of gas or whatnot, and they're walking up, up this hill, and you kind of see like the over, you know, you get an overview of the temple. I oh, sorry, not temple, the the compound, the Jackson, uh, and then. This is where Ellie asks Joel that, uh, you know, is everything that you say happened with the fireflies true? And he's like, I swear. And she kind of, yeah, she does that, does that real nice pause. Um, she's like, okay. And then it, that's it. Bang. Mm. Fade to black. Uh, what I love about these last two scenes is that I feel like, and the, this was true of the game as well, but Bella Ramsey does a really good job of it too. Like you can sort of see Ellie choosing to believe him in real time. Like she knows mm. he's probably full of shit about this, but she can't face that at her age, at her development cycle, whatever it is. Like it will be easier for her to just be like, okay. Um, and then by the time we catch up with, you know, part two, Ellie, you know, full grown adult Ellie, where she can, maybe process things or or sort of has believed the lie for so long that that trauma gets, you know, drawn drawn back up and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I, again, good characterization in, in this episode, um, across the board. I think that I I like that Joel 
isn't just, well, it's weird because like the first scene afterwards when, when they're in the car together, he seems quite distraught by what he's done. And then when they're, you know, we cut to them later hiking, he's, you know, telling that happy-go-lucky story about his daughter and that's like, right, oh, yeah. she would have liked you and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's kind of like you there's have a the same factor. smile. But it's exactly. Like, no, I'm not saying that yours isn't, isn't pretty either. Exactly. It's so yeah. awkward and awful. I, I, it's a very uncomfortable experience. And like I, I hope that people sort of like react, I think, to in, in that way. I don't know how you couldn't watching this. Um, but yeah, again, good good moments here, just game moments. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a guy trying to fill the conversation so that he never gets to the point of, hey, Joel, we got to talk. Yeah, yeah. And instead he just do. chooses to fill it with like, I think my daughter would think you're pretty. Like, yeah. what? Because <laughs> um, you do, I think you do have a quick cut to Joel's face when Bella... Oh, well, whatever. When Bella's like, hey, I, you know, can I ask you something? Or whatever effect mm-hmm. she says, and it kind of cuts to Joel's face, and he's like, oh. <laughs> um, don't, don't be that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Internally, he's, um, don't be that. But I think, yeah, you're definitely right, James. Ellie does choose, in most part, to believe it, because I think in the car, mm. she knows that something oh, yeah. isn't right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Good job. Seven stars out of ten from well played for that one. Solid job there. <laughs> so, James, now that you've rewatched the entire series, you have discussed it with us, recapped it. Mm-hmm. What has your feelings changed at all? Yeah, like I like it less than I did when I first wrote about it. Um, I think that time will. I don't know. I just, I just, I understand that like we're in this kind of like media hype cycle at the moment where the current thing is always the most like talked about thing. It's the best thing in the world. And it's, oh, you know, we're, we're always going to like think about this show. I, I just sincerely don't think there's enough here that people are going to even be thinking about this in six months time. Um, and like, yes, obviously we're going to get season two and it'll come around and it'll do its thing. Right. And I, I understand its function as, as pop culture entertainment. Um, I just thoroughly reject the idea that this is anything beyond just a pretty standard zombie show. Um, it has moments where it's really, really much better than that. Um, a lot of them are from the game. Some of them aren't, you know, again, shout out to the Indonesia sequence, um, the, the whole gay episode, which I know is a terribly glib way of describing it. Um, but you know, there are some good diversions here where it really adapts its source material and is quite smart about it. Um, but for the most part, I would just suggest people play the game. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. Please play the game if you haven't yet. Do you actually before I ask that question because I, I got to try and think of the correct phrasing? But uh, I mean, more so, Buddy and and Nathan. But you kind of, I mean, you would have realized probably episode six onwards that those opening like vignettes, you know, they'd they'd been and gone past them. Correct. Um, is that something that you? you missed that you know that you would like to see each episode perhaps open on something like that or do you think that they were they they worked well for the first three and then you're you're okay with it i'm glad you brought it up zach because it was actually something that was at the front of my mind when i was watching that first episode Mm. um it had occurred to me just how far the show had teased us in that it was prepared to wander from the source material in interesting ways that we saw a lot of in, as you say, those first three episodes. And then we kind of settled into a safer territory, a familiar territory where we're basically getting <clears throat> maybe non-endemic audiences up to speed with what's happened in the game. But just that, like we're just now charting the course of the games, uh, a few detours here and there, but nothing that fundamentally changed the structure of The Last of Us like those opening vignettes did. So I, I, do, I do miss them. I sincerely hope they make a return. There's no reason why they can't in season two. Um, I'd, I'd like to see them perhaps, you know, play with that a bit more. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, obviously, you can't do it in episode three and probably seven when you're doing the complete flashbacks. But um, I, f- I feel like as a whole, episode four and five were the things where it's like really, I don't want to say bogged it down, but um, things change, like things change from, I feel like one to three is so strong. And then even towards the back end um, with nine, I just feel like in that middle portion, if they'd done something a little bit different and six is such a, it caps off the um, 
you know, the scene with Joel and Ellie and the, you know, leaving and you're not my daughter, of course you are, all that kind of stuff. And we finally get the emotional payoff of the first five episodes. But yeah, I just feel like maybe that was, those are the portions of the season where I was the most like, eh, this is more things I dislike than, well, not more than I dislike than I like, but the things that I dislike are really like annoying me. I still enjoying it, but yeah, I express I think- that more. I think you actually probably could do them on episodes like the Left Behind stuff. I think if you if you like the Left Behind one, for example, you could focus on Riley like before the pandemic. Oh, sorry, bef- before like the outbreak and mm. maybe even focus on Frank before the outbreak or um, so just to kind of give a little bit of foundation to these characters rather than just dropping them in kind of thing and then killing them off, you know, yep. 40 minutes later kind of thing. You know, nothing major but just... Um, you know, we we only saw this. Uh, I don't I don't recall her name, but the Indonesian doctor. We only saw her. What for? Maybe five minutes max. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe six seven. And I think feel like her little moments were quite powerful. And, you know, and you kind of wanted to to see more of her, of that character. So, um, but yeah, uh, the question for James. I've actually forgotten it, but I will think of it. But. Um, are you surprised at how popular this has been based on your thoughts on this being a bog standard zombie narrative um, or TV no, show? Sorry. No, I guess not because, like, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with bog standard entertainment. And I think that, you know, general audiences, and I mean, not not critics, not people on Twitter, like actual general audiences, um, I think that there's probably a lot of stuff in here that would feel quite fresh to them, right? Like they're not as sort of ingrained in in the medium, in, in a lot of these stories, right? And so this comes along and I think it does what it does quite well for for that audience. Um, what surprises me more is, is the kind of like ubiquitous you know, like, oh, this is the best thing ever praise that I've seen from critics. Like, I, I do find that to be quite overhyped. Um, I, I just don't know why we're not seeing a bit more of a variety of sort of takes on this. Um, but I think generally that that's a problem I have with, like, you know, we talked about it with God of War, right? It's it's an issue that I generally have with things. Um, I just think that maybe we need some other perspectives in, in critical circles when we're discussing something like this. Okay. Alrighty, any, uh, any final thoughts on season one from anybody else? Yeah, Any questions I mean, for anybody else? Sorry. I was just going to say, a, a criticism I had, because I'm actually pretty strong on the series despite w- what I've said. <laughs> um, one thing I really didn't like about season one that I hope we see fixed in season two is I wasn't largely a fan of most of the outdoor visuals, whether it's the cinematography, the framing, the CGI. It's all a little bit scrappy. Um, it has moments of greatness, and I'm confused, because particularly if, even in the end of this episode... We see them walking through the bush uh, before that final shot. And it's clear that they are actually on a location. We're seeing them wander through trees and stuff like that. But the focal lens of the camera almost never deviates from just these two actors. And we never really get an appreciation for the world that they're in because it's all just blurry background. And when you rewatch this series, I think it will become more apparent when we're not just focused on the stars of Joel and Ellie, the world around them is actually pretty mediocre visually. There's just not much happening and it's mostly blurred. Like it's, there's a, just a lot of blur and it's not what I'm used to seeing from HBO. I've mentioned it before, but I think it become more apparent to me this time. Interiors, interiors are fine. I like the hospital sequence that we had, the firefly shootout, etc. had the details I expected. Outdoors, little lackluster. Could be a pandemic caveat, I'm not sure. Um, hopefully we see this picked up with some more ambitious visuals in, in the outdoors in season two. I'm trying to think. No, it's definitely part one. Um, yeah, like there's some of those like underground, like subways and correct. Uh, what's the right word? I mean, like dilapidated like areas where like you know yeah. water's leaking. In. I kind of like the hotel. Like I, I thought mm. the hotel was was a a very cool uh, backdrop. Uh, I agree. Yeah, and I just yeah, I would I would like to see more of that stuff like there's a lot of potential in part two to kind of turn that into a tv show like one definitely one um hardcore moment where 
you're chasing a certain character under or in tunnels or to that effect. I can't remember exactly the location, but, you know, um, there's some cool shit that, that they can definitely do. Yep. I just wonder how much more money they're going to throw at it. I think they've oh, I've a read. A lot more, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I think this was $10 million an, an episode or maybe a little bit more. Was it? It didn't it look like, like $10 million an episode. I mean, like Obi-Wan Kenobi was like $25 million an episode. Was um, it? Really? And I thought this looked a what lot better. What the fuck do they spend that money on? Fucking truly, right? <laughs> <laughs> Even at $10 million, I'm like, that is a shit ton. Like, it's a lot. What, for that, so that 43 minutes, what is – I'd love to see like a – A minute by a minute break. cost breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just a spreadsheet of like this is what this $10 million bought us in this episode. Like, you know, uh, I, can, I wonder how much the draft rental is. That's, that can't be cheap. <laughs> Rent a draft, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, and I think I read somewhere that part two – or sorry, uh, season two – it might be broken up into two seasons. Mm-hmm. That might have just, just been a throwaway line I read somewhere. I can't no, remember. I, it, I feel like yeah. I've got that information in the back of my head as well for some reason. So. Um, which makes sense. I do wonder if they would go at the obvious juncture or if they would, yeah. Mm. Anyway, because that, that would be a fucking, I actually think that that would be a killer fucking just season stopper. Like, now you got to wait for season three and you're like, you dogs. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, we will talk about season two when season two arrives, which is I think uh, Pedro was like they're looking at possibly filming this year. Did I read that correctly? Entering, entering production, sorry, whether, right. whatever, whatever that means. So we're, we're a couple uh, of years out. Yeah. 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 Um, James, the last question I had for you, actually this can be open to the room if anyone else wants to contribute, but um, you had some concerns that Bella Ramsey may not be fit to mm. step into Ellie's part two shoes. Do you feel like that given we may not see this for a couple of years, she, uh, they've got the skill set? talent to sort of do it yeah the the skill set is there the talent is there for sure i still just think their face is too young looking for for what ellie needs like and and that's purely just from a a raw like sort of years point of view and i understand the characters the character and and the actor aren't even too far apart in terms of their actual age um but like i just i bella ramsey to me fits young ellie really really well um but i i I'll need to see it to to fully believe it. And that that's not a mark against their acting either. Like they are a phenomenal performance and they really came into their own sort of as the season went along. So I definitely wouldn't want to take away from that. But um, yeah, I'm curious how it works out. I'm going to put you right on the spot, but let's just say they don't go ahead with Bella as older mm. Ellie. You're in charge of casting. Oh, no. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> who, you got? <laughs> who are you choosing? Kate Blanche. But- Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I think Bella Ramsey in retrospect was like a really good choice because it's like it's a face that people kind of know but they, they don't know enough to kind of, you know, put too much of that person into into that role. And I think you would need a similar situation uh, with, with Abby as well uh, for, for season two. Like it's going to be a real hard uh, casting. But look, Bella's staying on. Um, they'll do a great job. Like it, it will be a good performance. Um, I just... Yeah, we'll see. Cool. All right. Last chance for anybody else to go on once, go on twice. We are done. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our recap of season one of The Last of Us from HBO. Uh, We've enjoyed talking about it. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it and enjoyed watching it. Uh, Yeah, we will see you for season two if that ever occurs. Uh, If it doesn't, just make sure to check us out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, the website. You know the website, www.well-play.com.au. James will surely do something on the website worth reading. That makes one <laughs> of us. <laughs> it's been known. Yeah, it happens. Uh, he, he may. He may. he may. I'm not going to lock him in, but may have a little thought piece on um, season two in the works. 
it yeah. may not come come to fruition, but we shall well, see. Maybe next month. But uh, yeah, once once the calendar frees up a bit, I think there'd be some time to explore that idea. Um. Well, it's been great talking to you, and we will see you next season if it happens. Keep listening, though, please. We need listeners. We love you. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Validate me. <laughs> uh, shit. But thanks for tuning in. <laughs>